and welcome back to Turf Talk. This is the third take of introducing myself I've had to do this week, which probably sums up about how well last weekend went for me. Uh, good card at Cheltenham it was, we'll be reviewing all of that, and hopefully finding some winners at Ascot this weekend. Of course, in the company of the big man, Jim Watson, who Pope I would say the best shout he's ever done on this podcast last week with some neck. The rank outside of, what was it, nine at the time we recorded? Bottom of the betting, 22-1, Watson, the cross-country specialist. Who'd have thought it? Um, a superb performance by him. Um, I, I think the uh, owners and trainers probably could have heard me uh, from Ireland if they, was, if they were over there. Uh, slight negative that the jockey got a whip bomb, but nice to, nice to get his head in front and it's another one to chuck into the equation uh, at Cheltenham. Yeah, it was a... A really, really decent victory as well uh, from Sunnick. I, I do like the, I do like the cross country races. The, the big race at Cheltenham on the Friday was the uh, the Peterborough Chase. Just briefly, Jim, Mister Fisher getting the better of Kalashnikov. I I I like Mister Fisher, but I'm surprised people were talking about him as a potential Ryanair horse. He's still a best price twenty to one, so I don't think I I I think the chat has been. A little bit uh, more excitable than the market to Mr. Fisher's win. He's done what he's entitled to. He's a good grade two level horse, but I think that's what he is, and I don't think we've learned anything particularly more about him on Friday. Which makes me sound like I'm putting a rate downer on him uh, for getting the biggest win of his career. But he, for me, there's not a single piece of his form that entitles him uh, to be battling it out for grade one honours just yet. No, I thought this was a good performance in the Peterborough, and like you said, it was probably his, his best and peak ever. Um, but it's a, it was a windy sort of renewal of this this race, the changing around. Kalashnikov, I thought, ran with a lot of credit. Um, down to two mile three. I think three miles is his bag nowadays. Uh, he's best seen to affect it in, in that sphere. And I think that Mr Fisher was ran out a, a good winner of the race. He's a horse I've, I've not really got a good grasp on just yet. I, I just can't get him right. Um, I, I thought he ran with a lot more credit in the marsh last year than, than what the finishing result was. I think he'd have been a lot closer to the pair, to the front uh, three if he'd had just jumped a slight bit better. Um, but he, he, he showed his flying colours in, in the Peterborough on for, uh, last Friday and did a, a fairly decent performance. Yeah, there's, he's a speed type over that trip, isn't he? Yeah. You know, whereas, whereas Kalashnikov is, is definitely a stayer. I mean, you, you said Kalashnikov wants three miles nowadays. He's wanted three miles since he was a novice hurdler. We did call him Kalashnikov for no reason. Mm. Uh, it's never been that he's a bad horse, but I, I, I would like to see him on three miles. It's just a little bit of a kind of in the never zone now in terms of rating, especially for... It's not all about the Cheltenham Festival, but you know, if they wanted to have a Cheltenham target with him, an extra two for the Gold Cup, I mean, he'd have to improve another another stone and stay, you know, an extra six furlongs over fences than he's ever gone in his life. But if they ran him in the ultimate, he'd be off a mark in the low 160s. Uh, might make life hard for him. I, I wonder whether... I was thinking this when they saw it last week. The race for Kalashnikov happened the weekend before last. They should have run him in the many clouds. Yeah, they should have. 
Good form at entry, grade one winner there as a novice chaser. I mean, even with the fences taken out, surely, surely, even though we call him Kalashni, he's a quicker horse than Lakeview lad and Santini. He'd have won that. Yeah, uh, he would have. Denman, for me, next step for Kalashnikov. Hopefully. Nice animal, though. We did used to have a little bit of a giggle at his expense uh, back in the day, but we're both quite fond of him, aren't we? Uh, other minor minor mentions on the Friday. Storm Control uh, gave everyone a good giggle, pulling himself up in front and then <laughs> deciding, oh, no, I actually fancy winning this. He's done well this season. Yeah, he, he has. Sorry, I was just a bit away with it. And uh, he's getting his ideas together now, and and he's on a bit of a roll. Um, the form of it, court made going into that look rock solid, and um, just couldn't get, the, couldn't stay as strong as Storm Control. Yeah, and obviously the the most important performance on the uh, Friday was Madeira missed getting the job done for Team Team Vaughan in the one fifteen. Uh, winner off 90 at Cheltenham in a handicap little bit but the f- first win for Alan uh, obviously our stable jockey there and look it was, it was a really good day for, for the whole team uh, Madeira missed winning at winning at 33s we had Clementia placed at 80s in the race before as well and we had a chance of Dylan placed at 80s the day before that so it, it was a good day if you were on the uh, on the Tim Vaughan each way doubles uh, unfortunately even though I'm slightly involved there now, I wasn't. <laughs> the Saturday at Cheltenham, Jim, not too much to take really from the Triumph Hurdle trial. Look, I, like I said before, I don't think we should have graded novice hurdles until at least January, February, the farcical races. Uh, Adagio's a, a half-decent juvenile, certainly above average, but doesn't look a world beater. Uh, despite winning on the weekend, very, very well supported. Yeah, the, yeah. the money came for him and he, he put up the performance we're all expecting, stayed on strongly, uh, brushed aside this field. Do I think he's the top end of juveniles in this country? Probably not. Um, he, he's going to go up again in the weights, which will probably rule him out of uh, running in the Fred Winter. Oh, I think he would. I, I think he'd go off near top. I think he'd go off within the top five of the weights of the Fred Winter, and at this stage, I think that looks more of a realistic target than trying to beat the more impressive Irish lot at the minute, you know, the likes of Zana here and Colixios. We look a little bit behind the Irish at the minute in terms of juveniles this season, I'd say. Uh, Fusel Raffles, Jim. That was interesting. Getting the better of Lieutenant Rocco and Shandry House. I really like Lieutenant Rocco. I think he's going to be a very, very decent staying chaser when they step him up in trip. Uh, explain this. It, it was a weird race, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Chantry House didn't jump very well. Um, he, there was a slight drift late on on him, which just slightly put me off him. Um, he was just never really travelling properly. I don't know if anything's come back um, to see if there's been a problem with him, but... Um, very disappointing for him. Fusel raffles a horse who it's hard to get a grasp on. He, every now and again he puts up a, a disappointing performance and that was last time and this time he stepped up in distance for the first time and seemed to relish it. His stamina really seemed to kick in late on to, to pick up Lieutenant Rocco. Uh, 
like you said, he's a lovely horse. Lovely to look at and stay in chase. Chase, he certainly looked right up his street. Um, he stepped back up in trip last time, but you could, I know he was beaten late on, but I think if you step him up in trip again, I think you'll find a bit more improvement. And K. Destan quite clearly doesn't like jumping fences. Uh, he was disappointing. Take this race with a pinch of salt as you go on. Chantry House will probably end up being the best of the rest. Uh, just needs to iron out his jumping errors. Fusel Raffles, actually, I don't think he's too far off this season's version of Mr. Fisher. Mm. I can I can see him finishing about fourth or fifth in the marsh this season, like Mr. Fisher did. Maybe maybe even sneaking into places before going on to be a decent, you know, grade two level animal uh, for the same yard. Sunshine House is better than that, but just all went to pieces for him on Saturday. Needs to bounce back. Uh, the 115. Fucking Sky Pirate. <laughs> there is no other way to put that. The horse that has trolled many of us for many a year decided at the worst time to, to put the, <laughs> the, the dream run out that he could possibly imagine and get the job done to beat Ibley of, of your tip star selection to, to absolutely ruin your Saturday. If there was ever a runner to sum up 2020, it was Sky Pirate to ruin your day, wasn't it, Luke? Oh, mate, I was pissing myself. I, I can't deny it. I, I found it absolutely hilarious. Because we have called it on the podcast. It was bound to happen. The stars were about to align. And that bastard Sky Pirate was finally going to get his act together. Uh, and get, get his act together... He did, to be fair to him. He absolutely sluiced up. You know, by some degree, the best one three or four horse in the country. He's probably £10 better than that. Just don't ask him to work hard. And they didn't have to ask him to work hard. And he came on clear with though. He's still a really, really nice and progressive horse uh, going forward. I, I'm quite a big fan of him for Venetian and Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Well, well played, everyone. Do you know what I found out as well on the weekend, which is something I caught for the first time? The colours of Sky Pirate ran him is of a, a Mr. Tedham, who obviously also owns a horse called Tedham. You yeah. surely puts him in the same bracket as you for people who've named their animals after themselves. <laughs> he also has Papa Tango Charlie, doesn't he? I think Nick Schofield uh, normally rides, but he's injured, unfortunately. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's nothing much more to say. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks to Artie. It, 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 was a good, it was a good laugh being involved. Well done to Ross Miller uh, for winning it. And, and between the five out of six of us put up a, a first and a second, including including our mate Paul Callahan who put up the white mouse for his selection. Uh, so you'd have done all right if you'd have put them all into a, into an each way lucky sixty-three uh, bet- between the six of us. Uh, yeah, found it hilarious rather than anything. Uh, it was a good laugh. It's weird being on telly, mate. I tell you what, I tell you what, they didn't do you any justice with them pictures. Christ. Oh, mate, absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've not retweeted any of them because I can't bear. To, I can't bear to do it. <laughs> you look like uh, Hong Kong Fumi. Oh, ridiculous! If, if you know who he is, he might. Be, Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big Hong Kong, Hong Kong Fui fan back in the day. <laughs> Thought you were worried, mate. Uh, 
Jesus Christ, yeah. No, it, good. Uh, well done to Sky Pirate. It was bound to happen one day. Uh, and what a day for it to happen on. Uh, similarly, well, as easy a winner, really. In fact, possibly even more was Chatham Street Lad in the big one, the Caspian Caviar for Mick Winters. This is, I'm not saying splitting opinion, I think everyone is agreed that this was a ridiculously good performance uh, from the novice to beat Midnight Shadow, who is a very, very admirable and solid horse for Sue Smith. Still only seven as well, it seems like he's been around a lot longer than that Midnight Shadow. Benatar back from a long layoff as well. He seems to retain all his ability in third. Uh, the, I, I guess when I say opinion split on, it's how opinion tends to be split on how much of a fluke this is and just how good Chatham Street that is. What's your immediate reaction, mate? It, it was absolutely devastating. I was I was looking down at the paper, thinking, where where do I? Where's he come from? I, I didn't even put him into the equation at, at all. I thought the £13 uh, hike in the handicap would need that he'd need a lot more here. Uh, and he's absolutely holds up. Um, he's stayed on so strongly. Last time he was beat, uh, he was beat, it was over at, at Galway. Um, and we've we've seen him run once more and the money came for off you go I think it was about 10 minutes after he was running off you go was running at Fairy House the race at Sizing Potsy one and the money came for him and as if as if well, we're back in but he couldn't get his head in front so he didn't do a lot for the form but by god this was a good performance jumped he jumped well in the main but there was a few errors there and thereabouts uh, Mick Winters an absolute credit to the sport um, we we saw his interviews and none of us can barely understand what he says. But <laughs> what what he's done on the track it does all the talking for him. Um, we saw him rolling in the Cheltenham mud. You won't see, you won't be surprised if you see him rolling in more mud at Cheltenham with with some of his runners because he's got his horses in tremendous form, tremendous performance. Only a few tra- uh, few horses in his stables, but ten out of ten with Chatham Street lad. Certainly going to have to look at Grady Company next time. Oh, not a shadow of doubt about that, mate. He's probably almost handicapped himself out of it. He'll probably be mid to high 150s. If he can give perfect candidate, what were it, 12? That's a performance worth 15. Mm. Sure, and that, that'll put him in the mid mid to high one uh, 150s. He's done a lot of improving in a short space of time, Chatham Street Lad. Ended last season over hurdles rated 134. Uh, one of his chasing debut at Ballin Robe in October. But then midfield in an admittedly decent, if unspectacular, novice chase at Galway, the likes of Packham's Rock. Brace yourself, Tiger Voice in front of him there. But then on his handicap debut, and what was a, a good handicap, like, like you said, absolutely battered them. Defied another £13 rise. This, this might just be a horse who's on a ridiculous upward trajectory. I'm, I, I'm normally relatively sceptical, you know, when a horse produces a performance like this. But in such a big handicap, I kind of feel, like first of all, it can't be a fluke in that 
everything in behind has underperformed. Midnight Shadow's Cheltenham record is very, very decent. He's come on well clear. Fenitar. You know. And Chatham Street's profile prior to this is one that was going on a steep, steep upward curve. I buy into this. I don't know where the ceiling is, but I think this is a very, very decent horse. I, I don't think it was a fluke at all. Yeah, I'm probably not as strong as you. Um, he will get put up a lot. It'll be interesting to see where he stands in higher company. I'd probably look to be against him if there's a more sort of seasoned horse in that sort of division that we'll be running in. What do you mean, main targets Ryanair, are we saying? JLT, I'd say he's a novice, or the RSA. Do you not go, do you not just chance your arm and go for the Ryanair? Are we saying Envoy Allen's that scary? Yes. He's the best horse in training, without a doubt. Really? You see, I, I, I wouldn't be like that yet. Like, surely, like, it's more season times. Like, I'd, I, I'd stick to the novice route. I'm generally quite a traditionalist in that, although I could be, I could be tempted. You know what I mean? But I don't think this is you. If, if it was a ridiculously weak looking renewal of the Ryanair, potentially, but, you know, mid, mid's as good an horse as there is. Nowadays. Yeah. As consistent as it is, you don't let him run in a poor race. If if they were going to go that route, you know, it might be worth the step up to three. And, Not and, to go and, for the gold cup. No, try and try and get him to win an RSA. Oh. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can understand why they do that, but be interesting what what the plan is with him. I'm, I'm sure Nick Winters will have had a good couple of days to think about it. For the first time ever, James Watson doesn't want to send something to the JLT. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. No, we'd be having 30 runner JLTs if it were up to you. Uh, briefly on the uh, Bristol Novices Hurdle, now sponsored by Albert Bartlett, make good for John McConnell. My main takeaway from this is that John McConnell, I think he's the most underrated trainer on the inside of the IBC. Correct. Great record when he brings his horses to Cheltenham. Thoroughly deserves all the success he gets. Great performance by Mate Good. Bit of a whack race. Danny Kerwin's step up in trip was disappointing. Um, Windhouse isn't good enough at this level. Uh, and Ashdown lad severely underperformed. But from that handicap hurdle, we need to needed to show something else. And um, I think Mate Good's a good horse. Great performance at Goran in that handicap and has clearly carried on its upward uh, progression. But I think this is a bit of a whack race, so keep pinch yourself. Oh, of course it was, yeah. Look, it was a great two, the highest rate that it was 135. Very, very similarly to the uh, to the juvenile hurdles, I guess, in that I'm not a big fan of these sort of early season long distance staying races because the good stayers are brought along steadier. You know, it's very, very rare that you get an Albert Bartlett winner who was running over three miles before January. You know, um, look, John McCall's done a fantastic job in, uh, with this fella. Running a maiden hurdle at Goran in July and finished 12th and 15th. He's got a grade two out of him. 
So well done to them. Uh, Pat's fancy second as well. Big prize for Rebecca Curtis. Uh, well done to that team. Ask a honeybee. Potentially one for a semi-decent handicap down the line. A little bit paceless. I wonder whether they try, might try getting him into the mountain pipe. Yeah, that, that's interesting. He, he doesn't have a lot of... Well, he has speed because he has won a, over two miles, but I, I, I feel like he responds a lot for pressure. And, yes. And maybe a race like that could sort of suit him because if they go a fair enough gallop, he'll keep going. Um, the race in the one way from one. Yeah, and that will suit him. So that could be the plan. Uh, the international hurdle in terms of quality was, was the best race of the day. Fascinated by this, Jim. Obviously, Goshen heavily backed on the day. A big flop, so for someone just holding on from Silver Street, who would have won with a clear run, no debate about that. Uh, Ballyandy running his usual race in third. It feels like Ballyandy's been third in the international hurdle for the last eight years. Uh, what do you make of this? Is, is there a potential each-way champion hurdle contender in here at all? If there is, is it some for someone? Is it Silver Street? Is it Goshen? Now he's bigger in the market. It's it's just it's Silver Streak every time, and you know what you're going to get with him. You know what he does. He'll run on well. He would have won if they'd have jumped. He would have run if they'd have been gaps. Um, agonising for Silver Streak. One day he will get a proper proper win win and and sort of defy the odds and everything. I know he's had good wins in the past. Um, he won the Swinton didn't he back in the day, but at the top top level. One day he will get his day. He's been so unlucky at Newcastle last time. He's been unlucky here, but one day he will. Uh, and uh, he's, for me, he's always going to be each way value in the champion hurdle. But the winner song for someone stuck on well. We didn't quite see uh, usual tactics from him. Normally we see him ridden forward and prominently and uh, dictate the race. And he sort of sat in behind and didn't show these normal exuberance as what he normally does. And, um, Stayed on strongly in the end, grittily, uh, and he stepped down in trip, which we saw last time didn't uh, make a difference. He's, he's, he's a horse that runs two mile very well and also does, does two mile far as well. So that's always useful, the extra stamina in this division. That always helps. Um, Ballyandy saw Ryle have run well as well. Goshen... It's a big question, Mark, about what you do with him now. The defibrillating heart's an issue we've seen in, in top-class horses in recent years. Um, Paisley Park, the most recent at, at last year's Cheltenham Festival. I thought he ran with a lot more credit than what I were expecting. Um, he was up there for a longer amount of time than I was thinking. Um, swinging in for home. Yes, he was being a long way in the end. Jamie Moore looked after him. He, w- he was very keen early on, which we, we saw a lot in him last season. Um, jumping was okay. It wasn't inch perfect, but took a bit of time to warm up. I'm, I said in the preview of this, I'm not a big fan of four-year-olds slash five-year-olds going on to uh, champion over campaigns this season. I like them to have a year off because they've become hot off the flat straight into another season and, and sometimes it just gets a bit too much for him we've, we've seen and I mentioned Deffy Desai is the same um, Gorshin I think 
that they should possibly just give him the year off to recover from it. Have a, have a defibrillating heart operation. Bring him well, back next year. It's not the sort of thing you can operate on, is it, properly? There, there is some form of operation. I think Paisley had it last year. Um, but there is something to fix. Not 100% fix it, but make it slightly better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a... It's not like a long-term problem, though, is it? It's just like a, it's an irregular heartbeat, is what it is, really. You know, and Gary Moore was saying they were fine, fine just in the morning. I'm happy to write it as a one-off for, uh, for Goshen. That being said, it's, it's not backable whenever he turns up next, off the back of that, and off the back of his... Is I wasn't particularly worried about his flat exploits going into this because they weren't part of a pattern. Whereas this now does fit the pattern of a horse who hasn't shown the same form as he did. Even on the flat last season, he was more progressive than what he was this summer. You know, uh, I wouldn't give him the year off. I, I think the plan has to be we run him in another champion hurdle trial. And that tells us what we do. He probably ends up running in a champion hurdle as well, but he could be 30s, 40s going off at the day. If he gets beat next time out, you know, whether they run him in the Kingwell or at Haydock, you know, another grade two. That's probably, most grade twos are softer than this one, even though people, you know, quite rightly crab the quality of the two-mile hurdles at the minute. Uh, these are all the ones you'd have wanted to turn up. You know, they'll be easier touches for a horse like Goshen if they can get him back to his best. But he's got to be the one. He's 25 to 1 for the champion of them now. He'll either go off single figures or double that. Yeah. And that'll be entirely down to what happens next. Yeah, yeah, certainly will. So for someone's a really, really tidy horse, progressed well for Tom Simmons this season, who's having a really good year himself. 20 to 1 for the champion hurdle. I can see that from an each-way perspective. Other ones were likely to go. You know, you look at the current champion hurdle market. Epidont's eleven to eight favourite. That's very fair. Sotwa and Abacadabras are sevens and eights respectively. They meet again out over Christmas. Uh, I can't see Sotwa uh, going off a ridiculously uh, going off a, sorry going off a ridiculously bigger price than that. Even if Abacadabras beats him over Christmas, because I feel like. You know, so like, he's almost a sexy one that people want to be with. He'll be eights and nines on the day. If Abacadabras gets beat, I can see sort of like shortening and Abacadabras drifting a couple of points. Mm. I think the market kind of have those profiles, uh, that, that sort of profile of the two horses in their heads. If sort of like beats Abacadabras, I think there'll be a bigger disparity in their prices come Cheltenham than there will be if Abacadabras beats sort of like. I think people... Even I, I'm with sort of like 20s, so I don't really have a dog in this fight about what the current what the current price thing should be now. But I do feel that there is some some form of confirmation bias with sort of like, even if Abacadabras beats him again, because Abacadabras does things that people don't like. Whether he's likely of actually winning the championhood might be a little bit over, uh, underestimated. Cotatista and Honeysuckle. I'd say the mares are likely for them. Aspire Tower is the same price as Song for Someone. I'd rather be with Song for Someone out of the two of them. Uh, Saldier, who I've also backed, well, where is he? 
Boulder Dare. Where is he? So that means Silver Streak at 33 to 1. I don't think he's a poor each way anti post bet. I'm with you on that and I might play. You're going to have about 20 runners ready for champion hurdles. A bit take on Epiton and she'll just ruin the day. None bigger than 20s, mate. None bigger than 20s. If we can get two of them into the frame, you know, so while I'll go for a single bigger price no matter what. So I'm happy enough with that. And we just need to get Abacadabra speed. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a sort of race. It's a sort of race, mate. You can have swing with like, like with the, if you take the Gold Cup for example, when you know there might be eight horses there who go off sub twelve to one, and they're about within about five pounds of each other. What you've got here is one horse who's clearly, it's almost a, a pyramid, isn't it? You've got one horse who's clearly at the top. At the minute, the market's just in sort of like an abacadabras, uh, are the second and third best. Uh, two mile hurdlers around but then, but then you're going from 8s to 20s mm. from the 3rd to the 4th favourite it only takes one thing to go wrong for you to be running into the frame at 20 to 1 or bigger mm. you know I don't think it's a poor each way punting race no I couldn't understand why you've had so many plays but um, for me it's a, it's a real head scratch Silver Streak in the head scratch, though. He's just solid, and we all like him, and he should have won at the weekend. Like we mentioned earlier, the last race went to the White Mouse. Well done to Paul for putting that up uh, for Tipstar, getting the better of Eglantine, the side who looked back to form. Uh, for her, anything else from the previous week, Jim, for you, mate? Um, the Patriot won at Hereford impressively. Uh, Mon Morale absolutely holds up in the juvenile hurdle. Um, he's going to probably be the best of the rest um, Glenn was beaten decisively which was slightly disappointing for you Lou yeah far too keen uh, still ran decently enough I think he's better than that but, yeah I do yeah slightly slightly disappointed no two yeah. ways about it um, I I was slightly disappointed with his performance, but I'm sure he'll be back in uh, back stronger. And also, I mentioned um, Boom the Groom got a win at the age of nine at, on Sunday at Lingfield. Um, a horse who had, I've seen him run so many times. Uh, I think that was that was his 81st um, career start and uh, got his head in front at Lingfield. So. Great to see see him in front, and and it was quite a nice weekend of racing last week. I thought, especially when yeah. you tip a twenty eight to one. There's nothing better than that, is there? Yeah, well done, mate. Well done. Uh, whilst I'm on it, I'll just briefly mention another all by Duke of Forense getting the job done at Chelmsford. That was nice to see. Uh, good performance midweek from Mezia de Zobo as well. Gordon Novice Herder obviously won the Chalo was placed in the uh, it was probably still the Neptune back then uh, when he when he was third in that oh we saw him once at Warwick last season but prior to that he'd been off for three seasons he made a really really good chasing debut uh, this weekend at Exeter was it yes it was Beaten no not at Exeter not what? at Exeter it was the other way around to Exeter it will come to me. Oh, I can't. Gonna wait. <laughs> was it Huntingdon? No, that's, under, that's underwater. 
Oh, I can't remember exactly where, mate. It was... Uh, Taunton. <laughs> How many uh, Somerset racecourses can we remember? Uh, Wincanton. Wincanton. That's the one. It's We've been through them all. It's We've been through it was, it was only three days ago as well. It was, it was that family fortunes of race courses in West Country. <laughs> I'll say that's what we were playing. Uh, and Captain Guinness uh, put an abysmal chasing debut behind him. He surely won, wasn't right that day. He went and won on the Friday. Back into the Eiffel picture as a potential uh, runner-up behind Shishkin. Although I do think that'll be Felix Deji. I think he's... I'd be surprised if he didn't prove to be the best of the Irish. Two of my longest chases this season. I like Felix. Start with the 115. It's a tidy little forerunner graduation chase. You bet best prices 6 to 5. Itchy feet 5 to 4. Caribbean boy 13 to 2. Dashel Drasher. And 12 to 1. Comanchuan. I say best prices are the only prices I'm on checker at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Is it between the top two of you, Jim? I guess we can't really go too in depth with her. With a four-runner race where a lot of the a lot of the runners don't really seem to have too much between them. Yeah, the the top two at the market are probably where the the race will result in. There's a pound between them on official figures. I was very impressed with the performance of Caribbean by last time. Um, slightly keen early on, but did jump very very well. Um, cruised into the race on the bridle, comfortable victory. Uh, a, a horse going. Going places since uh, joining Nicky Henderson. We've only seen him in England three times. Um, and he was third on debut, being beaten by the big bite over fences. And we saw him win at Haydock Beach, getting the better of him the, the previous time to that. I think he's got a very, very good chance. This is, he's going the right way, six-year-old. Um, I, I was going to say he's, he's likely raced, but he, he did have a fair amount of races in um France for his previous connections so I, I think he'll go very close, hopefully uh, Dashwell Joshua will run well for uh, Racing Willow he was a very nice novice hurdler and um, we just haven't quite seen the best of him over, over fences just yet I know he did um, win that novice chase at Haydock uh, in, in December last year but I think he'll have to step up even more again on on his last performance behind Master Tommy Tucker. Uh, he had win surgery, which is for the second time. Hopefully, he'll he'll run a good race for the turf at twelve. Yeah, it wouldn't be a betting race for this, mate. I I find it impossible to quantify much difference between each each of each overall body of form is stronger. You know, the, I think he bumped into a good one last time out in Imperial Oil. And he was generally solid as a novice chaser. I know he came down at the festival, but you know, won the Silly Isles. Fine enough reappearance in the old Rona race that, you know, has worked out quite well with Condor Castle winning against him. Some nuts, well, was a horse in form. But Caribbean Boy was so impressive last time out of Cheltenham. Versatile enough ground wise. For me, this, this is the epitome of, of watch and enjoy, and I, I wouldn't. Even be able to to have a serious shout on who I think is likely to win. And I'd I'd just edge the Caribbean boy. I think he's a little more exciting of, of, of the two. No worries, mate. At one fifty, it's the fall of a racing handicap chase over an extended two miles and two. 
Uh, and the best prices here, four to one, Saint De Vesey, six to one, Sansonet, and early Dulemo. Uh, eights for Benny's King, nines Mengli Khan, tens Drumcliffe, Cap Gary, Smarty Mild, eleven's not another muddle, twelve's Fio, sixteen's Enrichison, and twenty-five to one, Garda Four. Really interesting, uh, handicap chases, Jim. Looking at the prices, the thing that strikes me the most is another chance for Sansone, according to the market. Yes, I'm looking to give him a fair enough excuse for his Caspian caviar run last time. Um, we saw an early departure in the race, which properly blundered, uh, hampered his chances um, fairly early on, um, which didn't help him at all. And I think I think it was Champagne Mystery that came down and uh, sort of just hampered him a bit in his run and he never he was trying to get back into the race constantly and he, he made a few blunders and then he was pulled up uh, fairly shortly after so I, I'm, I understand why the quick return for Sansone because he probably only had half a race I'm, they keep campaigning him for a handicap chase like this and you can understand why the money keeps coming for him, he's, he's an exciting five year old that we saw last time uh, well, last season run with a lot of credit, um, but I'd be willing to look into taking him on here. The, the Tom Simmons horses are running really well. Um, he's a favourite, and his performance uh, in that handicap chase last time was very good. Led all the way, um, and, and sort of didn't see another rival really. And um, that was his first win he'd, he'd recorded in his career, um, and it was his. Fourth chase start. I think he's he's. I'd probably be looking to take him on as well. Um, he's a short enough price for me in a race sort of like this. Uh, and I think that the, the front two are probably. You can understand why they're there, but they aren't for me. Where are you leaning them, mate? Um, I like the chances of Drumcliff. Um, we saw him win a chase off a rate in a 139 uh, at Utoxeter uh, in 2018, and he's now down to a mark of 130. Um, he's he's in and out of form, but he's been running in fairly decent races, and I think this is probably a, a, a dropping class the most out of them all. He, he finished third behind Espoir de Guy last time out at Ascot, um, and didn't run too badly he ran better than I was expecting him that day which sort of makes me think that there could be slightly a bit more to come he's, he's been uh, put up a pound for that but he, his mark is beginning to look attractable I know he's been beat off it previously but I just have a feeling that he he may be sort of coming to hand and, and two mile two, two mile four is probably his ideal trip and he's now currently at two mile this race is at two mile two. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I think I've just clicked on the wrong horse. Um, we've seen him, sorry, over two mile four, show his best form. Um, but I think he's got, he has got a bit of speed. I know he's, he has run at once over three miles, but in his early career, two miles was where we saw the best of him. So two mile two might find the perfect middle for him. Um, and I think he's overpriced at tens. Um, good five pound claimer on. And I think he'll run, run well. 
Yeah, that was one of my points as well because he, he's been put up a run from his Ascot run, uh, put up a pound for his Ascot uh, run last month. But with on year old Connor replacing Sean Bowen, he's actually a year off a four pound more than that. Yeah. Uh, with on year's claim. It's not a bad case, Jim. I don't mind it. I'm, I'm going for one at a similar price. Uh, 11 to 1, and it's a little bit of a leap of faith, but not another muddle. Was so progressive two seasons ago. Ran really well in the Grand Annual. Off this mark, the two times we've seen him since, got beat by Roman de Sanam over a trip too far at Fontwell, and was then pulled up in last season's uh, plate. I think this sort of intermediate trip in between two and a half and two miles is perfect for him. He travels well on, you know, he travels well on the bridle and he's been competitive in better racing than this off this mark. Gary Moore has him ready to go first time out, 11 to 1. Uh, I think it's a really, really decent price. He might be a contender for my nap comp. Ooh. That's exciting. Look, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a swing, but when I look at these, I, I, he's the one that stands out to me of thinking, you really could be better than your mark suggests because he was, he was on such an upward curve. You know, back end of her 2018-19. And last, last season, just he wasn't in races where he could show, where he could build on that, where he could show what more improvement there was to come for him. This is a sort of race where I think it should be happening, if it is ever going to. So I'm, I'm quite keen on the chance of not another muddle. Uh, briefly, mate, are we expecting much from Mengley Khan? Um, I hope he runs well. Um, I don't fancy him, but... Hopefully he runs well for New Connection. Yeah, first time uh, for Nicky Henderson. And the final question on this race is, uh, do we think the French people who named early De Lemo were aware that Lemo means cocaine? Uh, probably not, no. No, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the BHA uh, this week had let a name with quite a sinister meaning get past them. <laughs> Oh dear. The 2.25 uh, is the big one, the Porsche long walk hurdle. Uh, fascinating race, this. I like the staying hurdle division. I know everyone, I, I think I'm the only person who enjoys it. Uh, I like that it's such a strange bunch of horses. And you get, you get handicappers having a go in this division more than you do in any other, which I think is quite fun. They'll finish third in a potential qualifier and then have a crack at a grade one. Good <laughs> laugh. Why not? Uh, best prices. Two to one giant favourites. Paisley Park and Time Hill. Uh, and in some books, Paisley's the fav. In other books, Time Hill's the fav. Six to one main fact. He can't, can he? Maybe. Who knows? 13 to two, Roxana. 20's you never call. 22 to 1 the world's end. Who, if you ask me who won this race last year, I might have been about three hours before I said him. Uh, 25 to 1 the jam man, 28 to 1 thistlecrack, 33 to 1 third wind, and 50 to 1 for Port Rush Ted. <sighs> this is an each way play type race, Jim, but I don't know where. Oh, no, it's not. It's all lump on Paisley. I, I, I really fancy him to to get, do the business here. I know he got beat by time here last time in the long distance, but the race really wasn't run to suit him. Um, we know that he's customary flat spot, and 
it, it sort of turned into a bit of a sprint. And I, I know that we have seen him um, sort of relish the, the sprint in other races in, in his career, but um, he's um, he last time quite clearly needed the run. He did off a disappointing performance in the stairs, which we mentioned his, his injuries prior and early on when we talked about Gaussian. Um, I, I think that um, he will have improved an absolute ton for that, and I think he will absolutely be bouncing. I know he had a race course gallop, but they mean nothing. Um, and I think he will get the better of Time Hill. Hopefully the money comes for the flashier um, Time Hill. This flashy six-year-old coming from the novice division last season, ste- stepping up. Um, it showed his class and uh, sort of surprised me a bit. I, I, he ran a lot better in, than I was expecting. I thought um, that he might have struggled against in a nice race that was the long distance. Um, he has to step up here again to improve upon that. Um, certainly won't roll it out. Um, Richard Johnson were kicking himself after Albert, Albert Bartlett. Um, however, got his day in the sun last time. I've got a feeling he'll struggle here. Um, be interesting to see how he takes Ascot. It's not a course that every horse enjoys, and, and this is his first visit, so hopefully he enjoys the course. Paisley's been here, been here, done it, bought the T-shirt. We saw him win the race in 2018, easy. Um, a good gallop, hopefully should be on for him, and we'll set the race up for him. Third wind is the other horse that I like at a price. Um, he ran really well behind me, in fact, in, in the, uh, what used to be the fixed brush. I fancied him for that that day, and you can't have that much of a price disparage for uh, a horse that's finished two and a half lengths behind him. Um, two and three quarters, sorry. I know he was getting £6 off him, and he's the same here, but I think he's overpriced, and, and I'd, I'd marked him up for that. This, I, I was unsure whether three miles was, was his bag, but... It certainly showed it, and I think he could be slightly overpriced here. That's interesting, mate. I, like I say, I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it's a poor tactic to have an each way swing at something bigger than twenty. Yeah, given that you know, main fact is as short as five to one in places, but shining six, and then you, know, you can get last year's winner at twenty twos in, in a race that almost undoubtedly not everything will run to form in, because it tends to be on awful ground. It's a, it's a slog, and he might be able to get some boat plod on into, into third. Uh, where do you think Paisley turns the tables with Time Hill, then? You said you weren't convinced by him. Um, I just think the... I think it'll be a more stronger run race, and that will certainly help Paisley a lot. I think Time might get lowered into the to the pace uh, up front, and we know that he, he takes a bit of rally along Paisley, and he picks the bridle back up. I just feel like back on a course, he's had a run. He'll be a lot fitter for that, and I just feel like he he, he can reign this division again. I, I, I'd, I'd still be backing him now um, for the stayers. I think he's fives or sixes around in certain places. I think he's the best horse in this division. I utterly hate this race. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, you love the division and you hate this race. I do. This year, yeah. Because I can't find an edge. I, I, it's a sort of race where I have the exact feeling that if I say Time Hill will win, Paisley Park will win. If I say Paisley will win, Time Hill will win. Because there is so little between them. Because last time out, I think Time Hill did Paisley Park fair and square. 
But the case you made for Paisley Park makes entire sense. And it wouldn't shock me if he made the two lengths up. The one thing I say I did learn from Newbury was that maybe Tyne Hill is going to hold his form better this season than I thought it was. I thought he was more forward than any of the other of the front four uh, in the Albert Bartlett. I know he came fourth, but he was undoubtedly the unlucky source in that race. But because he was a, you know, a good bumper horse, because he was winning at the very early Shortland meetings, I wasn't quite convinced that he had the scope to take another major step forward uh, into open company as, say, the likes of Monkfish. You know, I know Monkfish is going, is going chasing, but I expect there to be another £10 of stone worth of improvement in this season. I didn't think that was a thing for, for Ty Bill. I thought he was a horse who was very, very close to the top of his arc of improvement. Uh, he might be, and that might be good enough. You know, the potato race was a good race last year. With a clear run, I don't think you could be certain and saying he won't have won the race. And, and they were, uh, they, you know, Paisley Park came into the back of that with a question mark. You know, we're both a best price two to one. Back them both, and then you'll break even, and then you can at least say you're back the winner. <laughs> Get braggy right. That's all. That's all we're in the game for. That's all we're in the game for to look clever. Uh, do you agree that time he'll finish a second behind Paisley Park then, Jimmy? If you think Paisley's the winner. Good question. Uh, Who's a danger? We have to respect me. In fact, he's on a bit of a roll, and I know he's stepping up. Uh, a bit of a roll. Well. He is on a roll, um, and stepping up into this class, I think he'll be found out. So I, I, I think he's a stupid price. Um, Roxana was impressive winning the West Yorkshire Hurdle. I'm not 100% on that form. I know we've seen um, Next Destination win over fences since, but not 100% sure on that. But she's... She's an admirable mare who you can probably see running on for a play. I, I, I think Roxana will finish second time and they'll finish third. With third wind. Well, hopefully third wind comes somewhere in that. You see, this is what I'm wheedling out. This is what I'm wheedling out because my next question is going to be, will you give me a price on time now then? Mm. I don't want to take two to one, but if you give me fours, I'll back him. No, I'm not taking fours. <laughs> I'm not that stupid. <laughs> Oh damn it! Damn it! Uh, I'll give you nine to four. No, the tight West Yorkshire in you will scoop that up with a massive ice cream scoop. It might be. It might be a case of seeing who goes off bigger on the day. And well, I, I think I think Paisley will go off bigger. I think the money will come for the flashy time hill. I don't think it will, because I I I I, I think a lot of people are thinking like you and thinking that. Paisley Park is, is still, despite getting beaten by Tyne last time, more established, more proven at this level, a preview in this race, and looks likelier to take a step forward from Newbury than his opponent here. So I think Paisley Park will go off of. Well. I've actually got just, an opinion on that. <laughs> well, the only time we can find out will be Saturday at uh, 2.25. Yeah. 
I watched me pile into Paisley Park now so I can get the bragging rights if I incorrectly predicted the favourite. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it's a sort of race where, I'm, where, I, where I, I want to find an angle for each way, like it is in this series, you know, a lot of them tend to beat each other. And not many of them at a huge price are in good form. Uh, main facts done brilliantly for over a year now. Needs a career best to be hitting the frame here ahead of the very, very solid Roxana. It's not a poor price, I guess, at 13 to 2. I'm looking at the 20s, and you know, on best form, you can make a case for you never call, and for the world's end, and for Fizzlecrack, who might be the one at 28. Look, he's second to a Paisley Park last season. It were a cracker it, performance, that. He gave Paisley a bigger race than he'd had, you know, up until he got beat at the Cheltenham Festival. And I know he's 12 now, but he's still, he's not many miles on the clock for, for a horse of that age. Finished ahead of the world, then obviously went and won this race. It was a bit of a, let's be fair, last, this, the race, this, uh, this race last season ended up being an absolute farce once they pulled Paisley Park out on the day. The world's end's been in bad form since. Pulled up both both his stats, including in the Rendlesham, which was a race that on paper should have suited him down to the ground, uh, and then at Artoy last time. Hard to have much confidence in him. The each way for me is for Sucktrack. <laughs> who would have thought we'd have ended up on this? A, a bigger worry than the well-being of the horse is the form of the yard. Yeah, they're not going exactly well, are they? I'm sure oh. they'll snap out of it though soon. I, I'm sure it'll happen. Maybe we can have a reverse Cheltenham this year and they're bad all the way up to the festival and then they do really well. Because he did really well all of last season up until the festival. They did? Watch and enjoy for me. I know I said that about two of the four races we've previewed. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not leaving myself much room for them for their outcome. But I, I don't get how anyone can have a five-star, concrete, strongly held opinion on the top two because <laughs> on Newbury from Time Hill Time Hill wins but Paisley Park can easily make the ground up fascinating one fascinating oh I might just say Time Hill just to be awkward against Paisley you. wins Paisley wins good race looking forward to it mate really looking forward to it before actually I move on, just briefly, would you would you back the peers of them for the stairs now? Surely if he beats at Time Hill, who's the sexy up and comer, you know, he's very, very short again for the stairs hurdle. If Paisley, I guess it's very similar to my uh, abracadabra uh, sort scenario from earlier, that whoever wins this, if it's a spanking, do you anticipate it being a spanking? Well, you think time was going to come third. So I'll take that as a... Yeah, you think it'll be convincing. I, I think... Well, Paisley never does an awful lot in front. But I think he'll be fairly impressive. So would you back in my 11-2 for the stairs now? Oh, defo. If, I, if, as six is gone, that might be me sweeping up all that sixes. Fair enough, mate, yeah. I say, some, some, book, some books have Paisley Park and Time Mill the same price for the stairs. As we do on Saturday. Uh, 
I'd be surprised if that wasn't very different. Although they're so evenly matched, he might come out across a, a nose apart and absolutely nothing will have changed. Uh, the good luck Holly in sports personality of the uh, Silver Cup handicap chase. They have to give uh, the sponsor of that race a shout out at three o'clock. The week's staying handicap, they bet three to one the conditional. Best price, nine to two, Esquire de Guy, six as Carenta, seven to one Regal Encore, who for once isn't overpriced. What am I meant to say? Uh, nine's Ad Leaven, eleven's Mr. Malarkey, twelve's Beware the Bear, sixteen's Flying Angel, twenty's Enfant Wah, twenty-five Subwest Tenant, and forty to one Fauberg Rosette Grey. Uh, Jimbo Watson, three mile handicap chase, tends to be a bit of an attritional test this one. It does, and a, and a horse that I think will, who enjoys a good uh, stamina test is Ard Lethen. Um, we've we've seen him uh, run six in the Labrooks Trophy last time, which I thought he ran fairly well. He, uh, it was a race which saw the front runners stay where they were, and, and he came from towards the rear and um, was always sort of under pressure, but plodded on really, really well. And um, I don't I, I feel like there's a big handicap in him somewhere, and hopefully this could be it. Um, he had decent novice chase for me. Beat Liz Nagar Oscar, who we went on to uh, win the stairs hurdle. He was second to Sam Spinner, third to Danny Wisbang, which isn't as good as what it sounds. Um, and he didn't run too badly in the Kim Muir. He, 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 Kim Muir's normally a funny race, and he was he was he looked outpaced in the Kim Muir. Now, you said this race normally turns into a, a slog. Maybe that might suit him a bit more. Um, I know this is over two miles, seven, bordering on three miles. But I feel like uh, he's been dropped another pound for that performance. And I thought he ran with a lot of credit to say he was um, outpaced most of the way. I think, I just have a feeling nine to one's a, a fair enough price about him. You have to respect the conditional who did run well uh, in the Labrooks Trophy and um, he was a good winner of the ultimate in a head bobbing finish. But three to one in a race like this is a bit sharp for me, if I'm being honest. And I, I'd like to look elsewhere. And Espoir de Guy is the flashy upcomer. Um, good win last time and uh, has some nice chase form. But I feel like just has to show, well, has to improve another step. And I think the handicapper might just have a grip of him at 150. Quarenta uh, was a good winner at Ascot, beating Wandering Star last time, and uh, he's up to a career high mark here. I think he might struggle off that off 142. And then you look at the other horses, Regal Encore, we only like him if he's a double figure price and he's not here. But where the Bears probably the only one who I'd also like with that Labrooks trophy for me, he'd have to make up five and a half lengths on uh, the conditional, which you you won't rule out. And he he got he was in front of Ardleth, and I think the Labrooks trophy forms where to be looking in this. Uh, and I think them three horses will certainly be have a chance. You know what? I'm going to throw out a tricast. Put them three horses in a tricast and see how it goes. I I don't often do that, but I'd be interested to see what that pays. I'm thinking very similarly along the same lines as you, mate. Uh, Bloodbrook trophy form is key. And the handicapper absolutely loves dropping the conditional for good runs. He did yeah. it at Warwick last season when he, he shaped like the best horse in the race and just didn't stay in the classic chase. Dropped him for that. 
wins at the Cheltenham Festival. Third in the Hennessy. She's let him off with a pound. Maybe David Bridgewater is the handicapper. Is that a fearer? <laughs> it could be, because it, it keeps happening to him, doesn't it? There's some mad conspiracy theories going about in racing, to be fair. That's a really, really good one. Is David Bridgewater the handicapper? That's the new one. I don't think this horse <laughs> is overrated by a mark of 146. You know, I he's just ridiculously solid. He's not run a poor race since joining Bridgewater, really. No. And even, and even when he was in Ireland uh, with Martin Hassett, it was generally a consistent sort as well. Well capable of winning a race like this. Look, he's the obvious one at the top of the betting, but I think he'll take this. Yeah, I, I understand why he picked him. Um, I do think he has got a very good chance. What, what would you like to see him do if he was aimed at the festival? What would you like to see him running? Because I'd love him to run in a, in a Gold Cup. That's a fair way off that, though, isn't it? He is, but I think he'd be interesting in it. Because he stays well, jumps well. If there's a few underperformers, he could run on for a fifth, fourth, fifth. In a bad Gold Cup, yes, but this is one where, I'd like to say, I expect there to be six. You know, six, seven, eight, 160 plus animals going for it. Yeah, I I understand. He'd probably go and try and reclaim his crown in the ultimate. Exactly that, mate. Exactly that. Well, it wouldn't be like David Bridgewater not to have a, a good Gold Cup horse in the past, obviously, with a giant bolster. Yeah, that's that's what made me think. He, he's he's done well with horses like this in the past. He is only eight, and he could have a tilt at the Gold Cup, or maybe next year. Interesting, that, mate. Interesting, yeah. He's, he's the one for me. Look, his, his overall body of form, the race he's been running, is so much stronger than the likes of Corrente, who he only has to give four pounds to. You know, I'd be more convinced he's he's on a good mark. Boring, he's the one I'm siding with, and there's nothing particularly I'm mad keen on uh, at a bigger price either, if I am honest. The last race we'll talk about at Ascot is the Betfair Exchange Trophy Grade 3. Handicap hurdle over two miles. In my head, it's always the Ladbrook. Uh, but we bet best price of 9 to 2 favourite bus for Nicky Henderson and Nicole De Boyne. 7 to 1 Benson, 9 to 1 Aravid Dirce. Got there in the end. <laughs> what a great pronunciation. Go on, you give it a go then. Arrivederci. Fantastic. 9 to 1 Time Flies by, 10's Malaya, 11's Lightly Squeeze, 12's Oakley, 14 Kid Commando, Isolate, 16 to 1 uh, Harambe, 18 to 1 Bar then. Competitive, competitive race. Uh, where are you leaving here, Jim? I really like the chances of Nicky Henderson's time flies by for JP McManus. Um, has a lot of good form next to his name, bumping into some nice horses. Israel champ, Master Debonair, da- Danny Kerwin. Um, a nice, strongly run handicap like this could see a mark of 129 be made to look a bit lunatic. We've, we've, we saw him held up and um, sort of the race was over when he was trying to make the ground up against Danny Kerwin last time and we know he hasn't been seen to the best effect most recently when stepping up to three miles but two mile three 
he just probably didn't have the stamina to keep on going. And uh, we've seen him the last twice over two mile four, and he's just had no no extra late on. A well run two miles will certainly suit him. And I hope Aidan Coleman sits at the back, stalks the field, and you can guarantee a, a good pace will be going along in a race like this. Uh, and I think off a mark of one two nine, first time in a handicap could be interesting. And um, nine to one's a, a decent enough price, as much as I respect Bosley's stable companion. Fair enough, there, mate. I, I can see the case. I can see the case. If, if horse is going to end up being a champion or a contender for this, it's definitely Buzz. He wins this, to be fair, mate. The, you know, he's, he's entirely worth a swing at it. I wouldn't be as confident as you. There's a lot of nice horses in this on, on decent marks, and he's going to carry 11 stone 12 against them. It would certainly show his credentials. Well, I'm not, say, I'm not saying I think he'll win, but if he, if he does, you know, he's, he's a fringe player. Yeah. He's certainly a fringe player. Uh, I'm going for another one at a bigger price, though, and it's the same, the same line of thinking for the Great Wood, because nothing that happened in the Great Wood uh, changed my mind about Harambe, who was a decent novice hurdler, you know, won twice uh, in early 2019, and then finished second behind Getaway Trump in that race at Sandown, where Getaway Trump actually looked really, really impressive in, uh, before he kind of went to pot. Obviously, he won the Greatwood last season, beating Gumball, Monsieur Lecoq, Quad, and Earth, Damned the Company, Zanza. I think all of them horses have, you know, have either improved or held the form since. Reads fairly well. I mean, Monsieur Lecoq was in banging form at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, he just just come back off winning the Welsh Champion Hurdle. The Damned the Company, obviously, won at the Cheltenham Festival. Zanza ran well in the uh, in the Betfair after that. Gumball ended the season winning the Champion Hurdle, did he not? I think for some reason no one seems to uh, feel there was any more upside from Harambe despite only getting a £5 rise in the weights he was still going well when he was brought down in the Betfair and he was still going well when he fell in the Great Wood last time out those were at prices of 25-1 to and 16-1 to he's 16-1 to again here you know for a horse who on his last completed start won a very similar race that has worked out well and was in the process of being, he would have been in the first five of both the Betfair and the Greatwood, I'm confident, had he stood up in them both. Uh, my only conclusion is that no one wants to name, you know, no one thinks that a horse named after a dead gorilla and a meme <laughs> is any good. But I think he probably is. And I still think he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a, well, not a bit of a weapon, but I still, I still think he's worth his salt off a mark of one too far. One four two, almost, not one two four. He's absolutely yeah. thrown it off one two four. <laughs> he really would be that pesky David Bridgewater. <laughs> not giving us a chance. Uh, but no, mate. It staggers me every time I see the. Uh, it staggered me when I saw the price he was in the Betfair. It staggered me when I saw the price he was in the Greatwood. Obviously, he looks good for a mile and a half, and then he falls over every time. But let's take the chance. I'm having him. I'm having him. Uh, are there any other dangers for you to time flies by? Um, Benson's been getting his act, to, act together and, and was a good winner last time. I'm not 100% about that listed hurdle. It was a bit of a weird race. We saw Totter down to a, a, a serious gallop and Mr. Coffee, the favourite and probably the one uh, who 
in my opinion, looked to like taking the most chance of winning. Just was never really in the race, and he sort of turned into a slog late on, and uh, he got the job done late on. He's a horse who is dangerous to underestimate. You, some of his form's quite good, and um, he's interesting. Malaya likes the soft ground, tipped up by a lot of people early on in the week, and is a lot shorter now. Likely Squeeze was on a bit of a roll last season, making a mockery of his handicap mark. Um, one off 110 uh, and now up to a mark of 137, dropping three after finishing seventh in champion hurdle. You'd like to see a bit more for him, but I think he might improve from his, his seasonal reappearance and also Harry Price also is a lot better. Fair enough, mate. If I was to just have an, another minor swing, it might be with Kid Commando, who should go on, who should go on the ground. Uh, obviously, one over C&D, beating Malaya back in October. And then ran a, ran a racing, which I expect to work out fairly well at Haydock last time out. He's 16 to 1. He, look, he looks kind of like the sort of horse who might pop up in the places of a race like this, you know. I don't think there's loads of upside to his mark, but he's shown he can be reasonably competitive in it, and I, it wouldn't be a shock. It, even if he runs poorly in this, it wouldn't be a shock to me if he ended up popping up in the places in a Betfair or an Imperial Cup. That sort of animal. Briefly, mate. Uh, we'll go to Haydock uh, for their big two races on the Friday. Sorry, the Friday, the Saturday. <laughs> God, they're all blending into one now, aren't they? These pandemic days. Uh, the Class 2 handicap hurdle, Jim, uh, Betfair Exchange handicap hurdle, over 2 2 and they bet. 3 to 1 Warlord, 4 to 1 Albert's back, 6 as Chirico Valley, 6 as Our Power, 6 as The Last Day. Nine's McGowan's pass, 16's Electron Blur, and 16's Secret Stream. Uh, Warlord got the job done uh, last time he was at Haydock, Jim. Up to generally progressive type. Right favourite. Right favourite, but not the winner of this race, I don't think. There's a horse I think has got a very, very good chance in this. Uh, and it's the last day um, of Evan Williams. The Yard are in absolutely flying form at the minute. Um, he goes well very fresh. We've, last season, uh, we saw him over fences, and he he didn't do too bad at getting two wins out of, out of six chase starts so far. Um, he, he won fresh on his bumper debut. Um, he then won fresh in November uh, on his hurdle debut, um, and then he had a bit of time off and, and won a nice uh, novice hurdle again. He, he, he runs... A lot better fresh, and it's interesting that they've, they've put him back over hurdles here. We last saw him over fences off a mark of 142. He's running off 133 here over hurdles. So there's um, nine pounds difference between uh, his hurdle and chase mark, which is an obvious reason to try and exploit it. Um, likes softish and heavy going. We've seen him run well over fences on heavy ground before uh, and he's relished it so it'll certainly suit him at Haydock nice flat track like that we've seen him run well as well I think he's an absolute cracking bet at 6-1 to one, and I, I think he's even going to be my nap of the weekend I, I think he's got a really really good chance well Jim we're thinking along the same lines here I like the last day as well generally held his form well over the past two seasons uh, improved as a chaser on a, on a lower mark than his chase rating. You mentioned goes really well first time out. 
I think he's the most interesting one at the prices here. Though I think the favourite warlord is the danger. Yeah, For, yeah I, I understand why. And I thought he was impressive uh, winning that race last time. Umbrigado um, was disappointing on his chase start, but I, I thought he just could never get back to Warlord. And I have a feeling that if he'd have jumped the um, second last slightly better, he would have, and jumped the last better, I think he would have beaten Warlord. He, maybe he was idling a bit in front, or maybe he was getting tired late on, but I feel that he's there to be taken at the head of the market. And I, I know that um, I know that he's on an upward curve and his form's really, really good, but it might have taken a bit out of him last time. And them sort of Haydock handicap hurdles can take a while to get back, especially in the them conditions. They were awful. And maybe he might struggle here. That, that's my, my worry. He's not had not a that long a turnaround. Fair enough, mate. Uh, anything for you in the Tommy Riddle? Um, it's a bit of a disappointing race. There's, there's nothing in it that uh, excites me that much. Apart from Hill 16, it, he's um, done tremendously well since uh, the Trevor Hemmings dispersal sale. Twist and Davises have picked him up and had a winner over fences with him and a win- winner over hurdles. He absolutely sluiced up over fences. Um, 46 lengths in the end. Um, put up a, a, a large heap in the weights. Um, understandably why and they exploited his hurdles mark as well getting the better of little Rockefeller as well um, he's on a highish mark now which slightly worries me a bit um, but I'm, again I'm going to have another swing in this race he's got, it could be a weekend for each way place for me I, I like the chances of pop rock, rock star um, he's right at Haydock before and won and I know he was pulled up last time as well, over three mile, mile two, in, with Snow Leopard S winning. Um, but he loves a slog, and, and this race normally turns into it. Um, I think Kevin Brogan taking seven pound off his back, he's certainly interesting for the first time. Um, he's he's a, a well worth claimer uh, at the minute, and seven pound off his back will certainly sort of bring him a bit closer. That takes him down to a, a mark of one two eight, which he's run well off one three three at, at Carlisle over three miles. So I think that that mark could sort of tempt him in a bit. I know this is a better race than what he's possibly been running in, even though I've said that it's not the deepest Tommy Whittle I've seen in years. But I feel like sixteen to one could be a bit of value with him, especially with, with Brogan taking seven off his back. He likes Haydock. He likes soft slash heavy ground. I think he'll run very well. I'm going for another swing in this as well, will you, Jim? At a slightly shorter price, so I'm quite keen here on the chances of Lord Napier. Uh, James Bowen on board for his dad, Peter. Look, good, good hurdler back in the day. You know, won, won the big race at Sandown in February, uh, where he beat Cole Cody. And then ran fifth in the Liverpool hurdle. You know, they stepped him up to grade one company after that. Not a bad horse at all as well. Didn't quite go to plan for him last season. And it was a slow enough start to chase him this time around. Was last to finish in his beginner's chase at Sedgefield. But was better in handicap company at Aintree. And better again since at Chepstow. 
That wasn't a poor uh, novice's handicap chase. The winner asked me early. Uh, it was very likely raced and was getting a lot of weight for Lord Napier. The third, Thomas McDonough. He's a fairly decent horse of Jamie Snowden's who ran midfield in the Martin Pipe last season. Lord Napier's here off a mark of 1-3-2. He was rated mid to high 140s as a hurdler. Only seven. I can't imagine that with the form he's been showing, he's regressed that badly. An out-and-out stayer. And a, a further step up in tricks and shooting. I quite like him. He'll be in the nap comp. Mm, interesting. Speaking of the nap comp, Jim, then. Your three selections for the weekend. Um, nap of the weekend is Paisley. I think he'll take all the beating in the long walk. Um, my next best will come in the Betfair Exchange Handicap Hurdle 205 at Haydock with the last day. I think he'll run very well at, at, at them prices. And as well at... Um, at I've, I've lost my thread here. Uh, as well in the Betfair Exchange Trophy where I like the chances of time flies by. I'm going to go for three big swings here, all of them double-figure prices. You don't write off me too often. No, not at uh, all, are they? And I'll, 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 allow, I'll allow listeners to pick and choose because I think I like the three of them all equally. I, I, I don't really want to categorise them. I know, I know Liam's on about replacing the reserve uh, with a third best, which will, be a, which will make the nap comp a hell of a lot more interesting, I think. Uh, the trio will be, I'll mention them all, Lord Napier, in the Tommy Whittle. See the nap? Uh, I don't really want to. Yeah, go on then. Just in the order I'm saying. Yeah, let's say Lord Napier, the nap. The next best will be in the Betfair Exchange Trophy. Harambe. For Alan King and Tom Bellamy. And the reserve, not another muddle. Uh in the earlier race, the 150 at Ascot. Get on the treble. That'll pay for Christmas. That'll pay for Christmas till uh, 2030. 2030? Christmas in Dubai? Oh, aye. Oh, aye. Thanks to everyone for listening to Turf Talk again this week. Hopefully we found you some winners and you've enjoyed the listen. Uh, thanks to rating the races for the support. And uh, we'll be back over the festive period with a Christmas special and, of course, previews of the King George and all the busy racing in Britain and Ireland. Thanks for listening. See you later. Stay safe.